Hi everyone. So for this episode of Exploring Education, this is kind of a part two to my last episode. So I'm still talking about my journalism project where my students are producing zines. However, for this episode, I'm focusing not on learner agency, but on how I expanded collaboration in my classroom and in my school for this project. I tried to focus on collaboration across four areas. So we have cross-curricular collaboration, student-to-student collaboration, community engagement, and student-to-teacher collaboration. First and foremost, it's important to know that zines are not only text, but are physical art objects. And so to that end, I worked with the art teacher at my school so that my students could work with her art students. The idea is that the artists would design cover art to fit the themes of my students' writing. According to David Stevens, collaboration between English and the arts is mutually beneficial, quote, enlivening English and giving art more credibility, end quote. He also adds that it, quote, creates more appropriate connections and breadth of understanding, end quote. The teacher that I was working with was just as excited about this collaboration as I was. I was happy to give my students a chance to think about communication via images rather than just text since we do so much writing already, Um, as well as thinking about the design, how to combine both text and image in a complete package. For her students, they were um, given the idea of creating art that meets a client's need, right? So in an art class, usually they're creating something that speaks to them, but this that gave them a chance to think about how artists actually work and make money in the real world, right? Creating a design for someone else. And um, the art teacher really emphasized that point of trying to capture someone else's vision to her students. So to complete this project, our students had two meetings together where I, during second period, walked my class down to the art room and they discussed their initial ideas and themes and they critiqued the sketches that the art students came up with. Um, It should be noted that also during this time, I have three students who are taking my class digitally and one who was quarantined for these first two meetings with the artists. So to accommodate them, my students provided their phone numbers And when we went down to the art room, I gave their phone number to the art students with the permission of my students to share their contact information. And they used FaceTime to meet with their artists instead of talking face-to-face. I have some pictures of that. You can look at that. It worked really well. It actually turned out that those groups ended up with some of the best results on their cover art. And I think that because the artists had the contact information of the journalists, they were able to check in even more often than these couple of meetings that us teachers planned for. And it was a really huge benefit for them. So um, technology and access to these kinds of tools really made a big difference. Um, We then visited the art room a third time for kind of a grand reveal of the covers. After each collaboration session with the art students, I checked in with my journalists. And so I would ask them away from their art group, like how did they think it was going? For the most part, we didn't have any issues to report. Um, There were a couple things here and there, but really this gave me an opportunity to give them advice on how to work with an artist. They're still students and they're kind of afraid to ask for what they want or they're afraid to say that they don't like this or they wanna change that because they don't want to insult their peers. 
So I was able to give them some advice on how to say that they wanted a change. And I could also email the art teacher and let her know that a change needed to be made. And, and that way, we, the teachers, were able to support our students' collaboration across curriculum. So outside of us collaborating with the art students, I also wanted to make some changes to encourage student-to-student -student collaboration within my journalism class. Some advice from Monica Burns on increasing collaboration is to make learning visible. Um, so really this is a cultural shift, which takes more time than just this one unit to be able to foster that shift, but I tried to take some first steps. So generally I, I try to encourage my journalism class to be an open forum. I tell them often like use each other, we're on a team here. Ask, why don't you ask so-and-so that question? Maybe they can help. Um, but really that actually happening um, doesn't happen so often outside of like existing pairs and groups of friends. So like they'll talk to their friends, but they rarely branch out of those groups within the class. So Monica Burns' advice is to have the students share their work with the whole class to make learning visible. And then this increases whole class collaboration because everybody has a better idea of what each other is doing. Um, I definitely see how consistently asking students to do so is going to create a shift towards sharing the work and sharing the workload, which is appropriate for a journalism class because we're all working towards a common goal. So for this project, I asked students to be ready to share their writing on particular days throughout the unit. My digital students did so via a discussion board on our learning management system. My traditional students, you know, just did it in class like you would expect. So these were spread out, the first one being pitch your concept of your zine to the class. So you had to share whole class what your zine was going to be about in the early stages of the process. Um, as we got a little farther into it, it was to read the intro of your zine aloud to the class um, and later on pick you know, what you're most proud of that you have written for your zine, your favorite passage, and read it aloud to the class. So sometimes these read alouds included questions to the group. Sometimes they didn't, they just read it aloud and we all kind of were like, yeah, great, we like it. Um, but it's such a simple first step to encouraging this collaboration. I can't believe I never thought about it before. It's definitely something I'm gonna use across every unit that we do. Um, to kind of foster that kind of group mindset more in this class. I think this is what I had been missing when trying to encourage my students to work together. As we're finishing up the unit, I'm thinking about the next collaboration engagement, which is community engagement. <clears throat> so my students chose topics which are personal to them, but they're also relevant and they pick stuff like the Black Lives Matter movement and human trafficking feminism and what that means to them as teenage girls. Um, and so to reach a level of community engagement, we're looking for authentic audiences in our community for their writing. Um, and finding authentic audiences is beneficial when we're thinking about culturally responsive pedagogy, community engagement, project-based learning. It ticks a lot of boxes. Um, because if our students work is published to a community that understands it, to an audience that relates to it. It benefits both the students and the community. They can see the power of their words. They can see impact that they have for other people. One publishing platform that's going to be accessible to all of my students 
is that we're working on having their zines published on our online library platform, Sora. So I've been talking to the media specialists at my school, and once we have a final project, we'll figure out how to scan and post their published work on Sora, where my students can direct their friends and family to see their finished work. On top of that, however, because um, that goes to a pretty generic audience, just like the River Ridge High School community, um, we want to be specific about like who needs to read this particular work, right? So on top of that, each student is making extra physical copies of their zine, and they're each going to find some other way to get it into the hands of those that might want to read it. I'm allowing each of them to come up with their own ideas to get it out there, but it could range from something as official as sending their zine to an official zine distributor um, or asking local bookstores to put their zines on the shelves. They can be for free, you know, just for someone to pick up um, or like passing them out in the halls or like the bathroom or something. It's a specific location in school that relates to that audience, right? Like the feminism one might go around the girls' room or whatever so that it gets to those students. Um but because my secondary goal with this unit is learner agency and, you know, their concerns about like social distancing in times of coronavirus, I thought that just letting them identify what particular community would most benefit from their zine and how to get the zine to them made the most sense for us, for my students, for our school. <laughs> So finally, expanded collaboration includes collaboration between student and teacher. Um, this is already embedded in the project through stuff like co-planning. Um, like I described in my last episode, the idea of Starbucks mode where kids are free to use whatever resources in the room, including me, that they need. Um, However, when I was planning for this unit in terms of learner agency, when I was thinking about that part of it, I was worried that like because this comes down to I assigned them that they are going to write a zine and that that was putting too much of the control or the agency into my hands. And so I've been thinking about how to give more power back to them. And so a way that kind of dovetails nicely with student-teacher collaboration um, is asking for them to give in, um, input on the grading of this project. This was partially inspired by the idea of grade interviews um, and like a portfolio style of grading where students and teachers can sit down together and decide on a grade based on a body of work. So in this case, I'm also going to have my students come up with a list of criteria and kind of put together a rough rubric by which we're going to grade their work. So they're going to do that and then we will have the grade interview. That way they take on more control um, and they're going to work a lot more closely with me on grading than the average classroom structure generally allows. At the time that I'm recording this, we're coming towards the end of this project in my class. When I'm reflecting on it, I know that I definitely underestimated how long this would take, but that doesn't really matter. Um, luckily, this is an elective course, so I have a little more freedom in my pacing. I was able to dedicate the time necessary to this project, and I feel like me and my students both are feeling the fulfillment of completing a project like this. Like They've all picked a topic that's near and dear to them, um, 
it's really important to me as well and makes me feel more like the kind of teacher I want to be. Um, I can sense a difference in the feeling of completing these zines than we feel when we're like completing an edition of the school newspaper. I really feel like this project is something special um, and I couldn't be more happy with how it turned out. <laughs>